This is New England Patriots running back and three-time Super Bowl champion James White. You're listening to the two-minute drill. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the two-minute drill. Week one is now in the books. The Eagles came into Foxborough. They took a quick 16-0 lead. Things looked like they were slipping away, heading towards a blowout. Mac Jones and the Patriots, they stormed back before halftime. Got us close, had a couple chances to maybe get the win at the end, but ultimately the Eagles held on for dear life and got the win 25-20. Kev, give me some thoughts on this week one. Um, So I can tell you from the live perspective at the game that um, after a 16-0, people were complaining, saying this is the same old Mac Jones, this is the same old Patriots offense, that they suck, and this is how the season's going to go. And I was like, everybody's going to relax. Like, I understand, like – you know, pick six, went through Bourne's hands, and I always believed it was a high throw, terrible throw, right, because you're throwing in the rain. But when it hits the receiver's hands like that, you got to bring it in. So, I'm, you know, it's a tough one right there. And then, obviously, that pass to Zeke on that screen was a bad pass by Mac. You can't really blame Zeke on that one because he had to turn around, made a one-handed catch, and then that Eagles D-line was vicious. I thought that – I took a lot of pauses from this game other than that first quarter. I mean, their offense – it just looks so much different when your wide receivers are actually running actual routes. They're getting open. Um, defense is tremendous. I think it was way better than what we thought we were going to get. I mean, we said top five, right? But, like, versus the Eagles, we were like, how can you really contain A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, all those guys, Dallas Goddard? But they did a hell of a job, I think, all around that defense. Other than Dietrich Wise, everyone deserves that, like, a gold star for that defense offense they came back tough way to end the game kind of what we thought it was going to be as a Pats fan so overall I think there's a lot you can take from this game to move on so I was very happy with the performance overall yeah I I mean I'd agree we were talking about this game beforehand and you know discussing you mentioned it there with our secondary being banged up and them having such great receivers I was worried about how we're going to hold up. No Jack Jones, Christian Gonzalez in his first ever game. And Christian Gonzalez looked fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, He was on A.J. Brown most of the game. He had a huge fourth down stop at the end where he was just one-on-one with Devontae Smith, nobody around him, almost got a pick. Um, And, yeah, I mean, hard not to be impressed with the defense. And then, hey, man, you know that I'm the first one to call out Mac Jones when he has a bad game. He played well against the Eagles. He played well. Um, Went over 300 yards, three touchdowns. The pick six you mentioned, you know, not the best throw, but it's raining. It hits Bourne's hands. Like, it's a mistake by Mac, but, you know, it happens. It's unlucky. Um, I agree with what you said, the fumble. You know, initially I was putting that on Zeke, but after seeing the replay and stuff, kind of a bad pass by Mac. Just the thing that, you know, kind of gets me about this game and, with Mac Jones in general, again, he played great. He had a fantastic game. He had, what, Kev, two, three chances, two, three drives to win this game at yep. the end? Yep. I mean, that's just tough. And I know that the way it ultimately ends, he delivers a great ball to Keishon Boutte on fourth. If he gets the foot down, we're probably going to score a touchdown and win. But, you know, you look at the Cincinnati and Miami games of years past, who knows with this team. Um, you know, if he gets that foot down, all good. He only gets one down, not really Mac Jones' fault. So you kind of come off that, and you're like, ah, oh, shucks. You know, he's so unlucky. But it's like, all right, he just had that drive off a huge fourth down stop from his defense. Before that, when there was like five minutes left in the game, they were down 14. Looked like they needed a miracle. They got it when Jabril Peppers hit-sticked Jalen Hurts on QB draw, which just, by the way, Kev, what a beautiful hit. Oh, my was. God. That Jabril was, Peppers dude, is Dude, that was picture-perfect. Shoulder right on the ball. If you needed a Devin McCourty replacement, like, that was what the talk was. Like, who's going to replace Devin McCourty? Jabril Peppers, if we're seeing it week one, and, you know, he was a captain for the Giants. Great guy to step in for that role, man. Looked fantastic. Um, we re-signed him this offseason. I want to say it was two years, $8 million, which a lot of people were, you know, kind of thought that was a lot of money. I think it was more than I thought we'd give him. But, you know, looks great so far. Regardless, though, you know, again, he causes that huge fumble when it looks like we need a miracle and we get it. So Mac Jones gets, I guess, two drives. You're down by five. And I think both times we started at like Philly's 40. Yeah. And something you can't like get that. it in the end zone on either one. 
it's just it's tough. And I I know that even the drive before that, the fourth and seventeen, going for it, very weird decision. We almost picked it up, kind of. Henry probably would have gotten tackled just shy if he caught that. Um, people were making a big deal out of that decision. I don't know about you, Kev. I I didn't. Yeah, hindsight, we should have punted. But in the moment of the game, I was thinking we're going to punt and probably not get the ball back. So I was, I, it made sense why we went for it. I understand hindsight, it doesn't, but I, think, I don't uh, think more, that was like that egregious of a mistake. I think more people were bitching him that they didn't kick the field goal. I was not on that yeah. fourth. And it's like, but here's the thing though, right? Like Belichick's right. Like the past couple of years, and they did it with Brady from like time to time, but not really as much because you trust Brady. But like, especially like Max rookie year, like we would kick field goals in the situations, and people would be like, "Why didn't you go for it? Why didn't you go for it?" And like Belichick's defense, like you're going up against the Eagles and Jalen Hurts and all these guys. Like, did you really like they didn't know they were going to get the ball back that many times? Like, you didn't think that you would force a fumble on that first play, like. So kicking the field, like, I get it. I like the aggressiveness because it shows that there's faith in that offense, which makes me really happy because it's like, all right, cool. Like, we're not just going to kick field goals. Like, I think that if it was a less of a team, less of an offense, I think we definitely would have kicked the field goal because we believe that we're going to make that stop. So I agree with it. There's one Mac Jones play, and I don't know exactly what drive it was out of the three that he could have came back, but there's a third and 12. Maybe it was that fourth and seventeen. Um, if there's a five-year penalty on that, I don't there was. exactly I remember. We, okay, got, so, we got a false start like right before the, we were about okay. to go for it. Stayed on the So phone, that third and 12 throw, he was – there was guys in his face. Jalen Carter had an unbelievable game in his face all day. He didn't have that much time to throw the ball, but you got to give that offensive line credit because, like, those two rookies, they held their own ground against a tough defense. I'd say the best D-line in the NFL. And he threw a bullet to Kendrick Bourne. And Bourne dropped it. It was right in the basket. Like, that's a catch you have to bring in. And I think that if he hauls that in, they win that game. And those are one of the plays. But it's a good throw by Mac Jones. It's just a drop by KB. So, it's like Mac in the crucial time, everyone's saying they need talent to win the game. But like you said, he made a perfect throw to Kayshawn Boutte. He couldn't get that that second foot down. And that wasn't the only time that happened either. It was this. Yep. And if Devontae Parker is your ex in that game, Parker brings that ball in. Both and of them. The, yeah. So, and then you're, I think you're winning that game. So I think not having Devontae Parker on that field and I'm not, you know, it's not excuses. There's no excuses in football because you play who plays and that's it. But you have Parker on that, on that field on Sunday and that exposition is doing more for that offense. And I think they win that game with Devontae Parker's on that field. And it's no shame to Boutte because he played all the snaps pretty much. He played like at least like 80, 90% of the snaps, which is impressive. And um, one thing I got to touch on the, wrap up the whole offensive thing right is something i told you in the pod a month or two ago and you were like nah you're crazy but what happened to juju um the last drive right two minute drive two minute drill like last possession you need to win the game you need all your guys out there and juju is riding the tar and demario douglas and Keyshawn butte are out there and belichick says we feel good with whatever package is out there so you know, when Parker comes back, I wouldn't be surprised if Douglas takes over that slot. And I don't think this team really – I think they're already regretting signing Juju, and they should have just signed Jacoby Myers. Week one hot take, but it's like it didn't look pretty from Juju's side. Um, I think you're right, honestly, because we saw the reports come out from Albert Breer saying, um, you know, his knee's a mess, whatever, that it's like a ticking time bomb. Albert Breer, you know, he's reported on so much Patriots stuff in the past. He, get, you know, gets stuff right. But I can just remember a lot of times when he's been talking about us signing, you know, Odell or trading for Julio or whatever. And it's like stuff that doesn't happen. So I kind of brushed it off. Um, but now as, you know, new reports have come out after the game, you mentioned Juju not really playing. He hasn't shown up on the injury report. Andrew Callahan uh, came out and said that there's people inside our organization who don't view him as a top five wide receiver on our team. So I think you're exactly right there, Kev. Um, I think we might have tried to get a little too cute and save some money, and Bill Belichick might have held a little bit of a grudge against Jacoby Myers because he had spoken out on the whole offensive play calling situation last year. And, you know, as a result, we tried to make that swap, and seems like we might regret it right now rather than just sticking with, 
Myers, who we know had a great relationship with Mac Jones, you know, understood our offense well. I said he spoke out against the offense, but it was nothing major. It's something that only Bill Belichick is probably going to make, you know, a really big deal about and actually move on from the guy because of it. But yeah, he goes out. He had a fantastic week one against the Broncos. <laughs> Two touchdowns, nine he was, catches. He was like their best outplayed Devontae Adams on that yeah. Raiders offense. So, yeah, I mean, it's only one game and stuff can certainly change. But, yeah, in the microchasm right now of week one, I'd say the Patriots are definitely regretting that decision. And I would just say that I would not be surprised if Devontae Parker, we need him on Sunday. It's a, you know, it's his revenge against the Dolphins. I know he played him twice last year, but like obviously when you go against your old team, you want to play well. You need Parker in that X and Butte shouldn't be on the field because I don't think he's NFL ready yet. But like obviously he can play. I'm not hating him on that, but like in those situations, you'd rather Parker. And don't be surprised if Douglas is taking over that slot and Juju gets less snaps and Douglas gets more snaps in the slot because Douglas didn't look bad. He had like four catches, 40 yards, three catches, 40 yards, something in that. Um, like stat line and Douglas looked pretty good. Like he got open. He knows how to get in the middle of the field. He knows like that open spot and he's faster. So expect Mary Douglas to end up if Parker can get healthy to being your slot wide receiver and Juju's a rotational wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, I hope it doesn't happen, but Juju's time kind of, There's just no you know, first with if, him, if though. He, if he doesn't play again this week, that's when you start to get pretty worried because I know that you might have Parker back and him and Bourne are probably our two best outside guys, but Butte is nursing a hamstring injury right now. Obviously, Douglas is the other rookie, and you have Thornton on IR. If he doesn't play, now you're probably going to have Butte back to full health next week, and then a week or two after that, you're going to get Taekwon Thornton back. So... This could become a slippery slope very fast for Juju just because other guys are going to be joining the fray, battling for game time here. And right now is when he should be, you know, an easy, undoubted starter. And it's just not for whatever reason. So we'll see if things <clears throat> we'll see if things change in that regard. And um, one thing about the offense, too, and I know the stat line doesn't show it and that one turnover doesn't show it. But it was good to see that Zeke still has bursts like Zeke looked good from, like, the limited, you know, production that was shown. But, like, it just makes, like, it's going to be more positive for the season. Yeah, um, no, Zeke, Zeke definitely looks good. I'd agree. I actually have to um, – uh, when we go into the sheets, and I'm sorry, I'm going to have to make a switch because a little bit of news was that uh, Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones will be playing for Kansas City. So yeah. um, expect a quick little switch for me over there. But, yeah, you know, Zeke looked pretty good. Offensive line, Calvin Anderson did pretty good in that right tackle spot. Um, so, offense, you know, um, it's a lot better than last season. So, at least we have a positive to take out of a game like that. I would – the only other thing I really want to touch on um, would just be I think the absence of those two guards is what really, like – and I said it before the game. I thought that, you know, we played much more competitive than I would have imagined, but – Right when that news came out, I think I texted you. I was just like, we lost. Like, we're not going to be able to run all day. Yeah, I called that's you exactly right what after. Happened, I was like, dude, what the fuck? That D-line was just dominant. And you mentioned, you know, City, Sal, and Mafi. They held up in that they weren't, you know, allowing guys in the backfield and, you know, constant, like, sacks of Mac Jones. He was under pressure, but, like, they did all right going against a good line. The thing is, when you're run blocking, like, you need to be able to not just like hold the guy off in front of you. You have to get up field and create holes. And that was just something like those two guys going against Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, you know, whoever else, they had no chance from the start. So as a result, I mean, I don't know what we finished with on the ground, but I think Zeke and Ramondre might've combined for less than a hundred yards. And obviously neither one found the end zone. So it was good though, at least to see that, and I said I thought it'd be similar to the Baltimore game. It was in that we had to rely on our passing and Mac threw for a lot of yards. But the thing that I liked where I thought it was going to be similar was I thought Mac Jones would make a lot more mistakes in having to throw the ball that much, and he really didn't. So I was happy with what I saw there. But for sure, when we get into this Dolphins preview later on, um, we need one at least, if not both of those guards back just to be able to run better. And obviously Miami's defensive line and defense in general is a Phillies, but definitely need some upgrades on that interior offensive line. Just give us on what it bad. 
you know, Strange can take another week. We just need our, our I think, our all-pro guard back in there because if you're not going to have, which we'll get into like you touched on, if you're not going to have potentially a starting left tackle and your banged-up center's already hurt, so you just got to get one of those guards back, hopefully on a Yeah, I agree. So that's our uh, little Eagles breakdown. I guess we can hop into the picks here for week three, or week two, rather. A little recap from week one, Kev. You went eight out of 15. You hit on 53.3% of your picks, and I went nine out of 15 for 60%. I got the slight edge right now. We both had good weeks. Hopefully we can carry that over. Game number one, you mentioned there a little breaking news. Kansas City Chiefs at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars getting back probably their best defensive player and their best player not named Patrick Mahomes uh, with Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey, respectively. Kev, the Chiefs are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? Yeah, so now I got to go Kansas City because, you know, before I wasn't sure it was limited for both those guys. I didn't know if they were going to risk Kelsey's knee week two, but it looks like they're both playing, like I said, to interrupt the pod. Um, about the Patriots offense, I have to switch it. I had Jacksonville, but if you have your two best players on offense and defense returning, and they had a good game against Detroit, uh, Kadarius Tony absolutely screwed them over in that matchup. So give me Kansas City three and a half. Uh, yeah, I had Kansas City before that news. I expected both those guys to play. Um, Kelsey's injury just didn't seem serious enough to keep him out past week one, especially after they lost that game. And then Chris Jones, got his extension down a couple of days ago, signing a one-year deal. So with both of them back in Arrowhead again, I mean, I think this Jaguars team is very dangerous and they're not a bad pick at all at three and a half. I think this is going to be a close one, but just having Travis Kelsey back on offense is going to make the Chiefs look entirely different than what we saw going up against Detroit. Um, you know, and it was also an underrated thing from that game. David Montgomery played great. Jameer Gibbs was good when he was on the field. That's because that interior presence of Chris Jones wasn't really there as far as the run defense. So I like all of it. I'll take the Chiefs. Next game, we've got the Green Bay Packers heading to Atlanta to take on the Falcons, a couple of 1-0 teams. Packers are the one-and-a-half-point favorites. Kev, who you got? So I am, I'm rolling with Atlanta on this one. You know, I really like Atlanta's run game. Um, and, you know, they won a football game, and I know it was against Carolina, and they're playing a rookie cornerback, but – you know, Jesse Bates looked really good. He had two picks. Um, Bijan Robinson is a beast. You can obviously, like, see why he was top 10 and going for fantasy. And the shocker is Tyler Algier. Like, he like had – what do you have? I know he had two touchdowns. He had, he broke over 100 rushing yards. So, they're going to be yeah, lethal. He had and, more carries than Bijan, I think. Yeah, and Drake London. You win a ball game that Drake London has zero catches. Kyle Pitts really wasn't that involved. Kyle Pitts was creating separation, so it looked pretty good from that standpoint. I know Green Bay also looked pretty good against Chicago. Um, but, again, they might not have Christian Watson, which is going to be a bigger matchup, I think, against Atlanta because Atlanta's defense is a little bit underrated. So give me Atlanta at home with the points. Yeah, um, this is a tough one to me just because both teams looked pretty good last week. Um, I do like the Falcons. You mentioned, you know, what they were able to do against the Panthers. I picked them to win the NFC South. I threw a bet on that before the season starts. I think they could be kind of a sneaky good team in the NFC, but Jordan Love looked so good against the Pat, um, against the Bears. I believe Christian Watson is still out. We'll see about Aaron Jones, but <sighs> – it's a tough. It's a really tough. I don't one. know. I don't know. I don't think Aaron Jones is going to play. He was stretching either. with the yeah. team, but I don't think they're going to have Watson or Jones. No, I don't. I think Watson's already ruled out. I think Aaron Jones is the one that might be up in the air, but I know he hasn't been practicing recently. So probably both of those guys aren't going to play. I'm just taking the better quarterback here. You know, he looked great last week against the Bears. Like I said. Um, just sort of the tough thing for me, I think, is weighing out that competition because the Bears will get into this a little bit later on when we pick their game. But it's only one week, but they strike me as that team that just, like, gives up on the season that falls apart fast. So we'll see with them. But I'll go with Green Bay here, minus one and a half. Uh, next game, we've got the Los Angeles Chargers 
They are heading to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Chargers are the three and a half point favorites. Kev, who you got? I had to take the uh, the home underdog again with the Titans. I know in we predicted the Titans and Saints game very well. It was exactly how we talked about it on the pod. It's going to be a boring game. It's going to be good running game, good defense. It's going to be that type of game, low scoring type of affair. That's exactly what well, we got. Yeah. Um, and you know the Chargers have flaws that I think Tennessee might be able to you know match up against and. I don't know if Austin Eckler is going to play. And I know that Joshua Kelly did pretty good, but Tennessee still has a good defense. They are at home. They still have Derrick Henry. I think the Chargers win by three, but because, you know, it's a Mike Vrabel, it's a good unit. They're not going to shoot themselves in the foot. The Chargers don't have a good head coach. Their head coach is costing this team so much potential in the win column. Um, So just because of all of that, I have to take Tennessee with the points at home. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I like what you said there at the end, definitely about Staley and holding them back. Like you let Tua go for 470 against you or whatever it was. <laughs> and, and just Tyreek is 250 man. yards. Yeah. And it's just like, you're playing Tyreek Hill and press man essentially <laughs> the whole game. And you just see no reason to change that as he's just torching your team drive after drive after drive. So like, yeah, something like that. And then, of course, you lose 36-34 in a shootout. Like, it's like you don't think maybe if you change that at halftime, you could have stopped one of those 50-yard touchdowns. But, you know, regardless, um, I definitely would give Tennessee the coaching advantage here uh, with Vrabel, and I think that that could allow them to stick around in this game and be a little bit more competitive as well as being at home. But Ryan Tannehill – Look, oh my god, dude, terrible know. against Saints with three picks, right? Yeah, I am. Um, I'm riding on Derrick Henry on this one, and uh, Tajar yeah, Spears. It was. It's just I can't see Ryan Tannehill. The Titans got 15 points against the Saints. I mean, they'll probably get 20, 21 max against the Chargers, in my opinion. And I just think the Chargers are gonna they're gonna outscore them. They're they can Chargers can put up 21 points in their sleep. So. I'll take them here uh, with the three and a half. Next game, we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, I believe, at home against the Chicago Bears. Or on, are they on the road, Kev? Tampa's home. Home. They're the one and a half point favorites against the Bears. The Bucks got the win last week against Minnesota. Chicago coming off that loss to Green Bay. Kev, who you got? So I did take Chicago, and I think Chicago just had a bad week one. But I'm not going to lie to you, man. And we another thing that we talked about that I think we're kind of spot on on. I don't I think I don't know if you agreed with what I said, but I told you Baker didn't look that bad. I think Baker could win you some games. I think Baker was a is a terrible training camp quarterback, and like you know the battle of trash, but he did pretty good. I mean, you got Mike Evans, you got Godwin. That defense is all right. So I Baker can prove me wrong again this week. I do have Chicago. I think Fields is going to have a bounce back week. Um, got to get DJ Bo- uh, DJ Moore, DJ Moore, the ball back more. So, give me Chicago with the points. Um, I actually am just changing my pick now. I'm gonna go with the Bears as well. I think this is a really important game for them. They got absolutely embarrassed last week against the Packers, uh, and they just can't let something like that happen again against a team like the Bucks. I know they just beat. Minnesota, but you know, Minnesota's not good. three fumbles in that game or three turnovers, whatever it was. Like he was a mess. The Vikings we saw last night, tons of turnovers. They just let teams get big leads and get points because of that. So Tampa Bay beating them, you know, it's a good win for them, but it doesn't necessarily tell me that they're gonna be this way better team than I thought they were, or that Baker Mayfield will be a way better quarterback. Um and as for Chicago, I said it like they just didn't really look like they cared. Some of them against the Packers. Chase Claypool is my guy, but there's a lot of clips of him on Twitter where oh he my just God, does bro. not look like he <laughs> wants to be there. And I think yeah. he finished the day with like zero catches or He's like one bench. catch for like two yards, something like that. So like you start to see things like that. And then you think about the team. It's like Matt Eberflus is their coach. He's been there one year and they're the worst record in the NFL. Fields is now on year three, and I think he's won like seven games in the league. So you start to kind of worry with a team like that, that they start to create more of this like losing culture. Um, so I, you know, I don't want to see something like that happen to them, but just the effort levels against the Packers, I think it's 
they lose this game against the Bucks, things could get bad. I'm going to take them to bounce back. I'll back Justin Fields and DJ Moore and uh, take the Bears plus one and a half. Get, get your weight up, kid. Get your weight up. <laughs> Next game, we've got the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, they are – jeez, my sheet just went away. Nine and a half point underdogs versus Nine the and a half Bills. point dogs against the Bills. Raiders coming off the week one victory in Denver. Buffalo coming off their loss to the Zach Wilson-led Jets. Kevin, who you got? Um, so I do have Vegas. I'm, you know, I just realized I'm 500 dogs in a row, but I do have Vegas. Um, Buffalo is kind of what I thought they were going to be. Um, seeing week one, I'm not saying that's going to stay true because it's still Josh Allen. It's still Stephon Diggs. But it's literally Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs in mix in some James Cook when they said to run the ball. And their defense is – Matt Milano's really good. Um, obviously, you got Tredavious White, but it's like, you know, they're losing a step. And Allen just tries to put it on himself, and he has to try not to. So it's going to be an interesting game. I just think the nine and a half is a lot of points. And, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is a conservative quarterback, as we've all known and seen. As long as he gets hurt, I don't think I, – I don't see them getting blown out. And you still got – hopefully, Jacoby Myers plays – I don't think he will because of concussion protocol, but you still got Adams. You still got Jacobs. And it's just with Buffalo, you don't know right now. So give me Vegas with those points. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take Vegas with the nine and a half as well here. Uh, you mentioned it. You just don't know with Buffalo. They didn't look good at all against the Jets in, you know, what was a winnable game with Aaron Rodgers on the field. And it was a can't lose with him off of it. And they somehow did. So, you know, that's obviously concerning, but the Bills are a team that I think could put up a performance like that, and they have the roster. They have, you know, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. They have the guys that they could come out there this week and win this game at 35 points, like 100%, and that's why they have this line. I just personally am not sure that that's going to happen this this week. So I'm going to go with the Raiders. I'm going to take the 9.5 there. Next game, we've got the Cincinnati Bengals at home hosting the Baltimore Ravens. Bengals are the three-and-a-half-point favorites after a week one loss to the Browns. Kev, who you got? So I am going with Cincinnati because what one thing about week one told us is that the Baltimore Ravens will never change, and they will always get hit by that injury bug. And their defense has already taken a hit. They already lost J.K. Dobbins with torn Achilles. Um, mm-hmm. So tough hits for Baltimore. I think Cincinnati is going to be a huge bounce. Can you hear me, Dan? Uh, you just came back. Okay. You just went out Sorry. for like five I, seconds. I apologize. All right. So, yeah. um, since I think T. Higgins, you got to get that man the ball. Um, uh, he had zero catches. I think they're going to be a lot better. Baltimore's banged up in Cincinnati is home. So, give me Joe Burrow come back. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Bengals as well here. You mentioned that crazy with the Ravens. You think they're finally going to get injured. They lose Dobbins for the season week one. And I believe it was one of their safeties, Marcus Williams, like Torres Peck. So already you lose a starter on each side of the ball for the whole year, week one, just like that. So crazy. Ravens just can't get over that injury bug. Um, I'm taking the Bengals here as well. Very weird performance week one against Cleveland. It was a really rainy, wet day. That's going to favor the team that runs the ball, wet, runs the ball better uh, and has a better offensive line in the Browns. So they got the win there, but just super dominant. Bengals offense couldn't do anything. Um, I'm thinking that was honestly just a fluke. Like, I don't see that being a real problem that progresses. I think it was just kind of a combination of they might have taken the Browns a little bit lightly. Then the weather's bad and it throws everybody off their rhythm and you get the game you get. So I'm going to take the Bengals here, minus three and a half. I think the offense is going to bounce back. They're going to get the win over the Ravens. One takeaway Next. from that Baltimore game, sorry to cut you off, Bob, yeah, go for it. is that good thing that Christian Gonzalez played really well because, you know, Zay Flowers, man, he looked pretty good catching passes from Lamar Jackson. So at least that Gonzalez played well week one because if Gonzalez had a shitty game and you watch Zay Flowers – put up nine catches for like 78 yards and he looks shifty in there. That would have been tough to see as a Patriots fan as well. So at least, at least Gonzalez paid off in that front because they flowers looks like he's going to be a really good wide receiver in this league. Yeah. Good shout. Definitely going to be something to watch between those two in their rookie seasons. Uh, Next game, we've got the Detroit lions at home hosting the Seattle Seahawks lions coming off that huge 
opening day victory against the Chiefs, while the Seahawks, kind of a shocking home loss to the Rams week one. Kev, lines are the five-and-a-half-point favorites, or I'm sorry, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? I am rolling with Detroit, man. I liked what I saw from them last Thursday, and, you know, I don't count what the announcer had said the start week one off with an asterisk next to them. You win a football game, you win a football game, you know, so you got to give the Lions credit. I think Jared Goff, he hasn't turned over the ball since like week nine of last season. And when you don't do that, your team is going to win football games. Their defense is a lot better. Um, like you brought up earlier, I know no having Chris Jones, but David Montgomery looked pretty good. You pair him with Gibbs and Sam Laporta looked pretty good. And he's coming from the, the college of tight ends, man. So you got to roll Detroit. Seattle had a tough loss. I don't expect this to, you know, Seattle's not going to be a bad team this season, but I definitely see them start 0-2, and I see Detroit. It's going to be too loud in there, man. So I can't see Geno Smith going in there and silencing that crowd. So give me Detroit. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go with the Lions here as well. You mentioned it. That was a banged-up Chiefs team week one. Uh, but you play with who you play with, and I don't think that can take away from how big of a win that was for the Lions to beat the reigning Super Bowl champs on the road. First game of the season doesn't really get much better than that. Um, whereas for Seattle, they played a Rams team that was one of the worst in the NFL last year and just got rid of a bunch of guys this offseason. So to get blown out at home like that was definitely a shocker for them, I'm sure. And I just don't see Seattle coming into Detroit and being able to flip that switch and get things done here. I think this is going to be a really entertaining game. I think this is going to be a shootout. I would no idea what the over is, but I would definitely take it for this game. Um, ultimately, I just think the Lions have a little bit more firepower, and you mentioned it there, dude. Jared Goff, he doesn't turn the ball over. Geno Smith has looked a little rocky. I'll go with the Lions. So really Next. quick, sorry, yeah. I just want to see – because I like that. It's 47 and a half is the over. Yeah, I love that. So smack the over if you want to win some Definitely. money. That's my pick. That's my lock. Take the over in Seahawks-Lions. Um, next game, we've got the Indianapolis Colts heading to Houston to take on the Texans. A couple 0-1 teams, a couple rookie quarterbacks. Colts are the one-and-a-half-point favorites we got. Um, this was a tough game, honestly, to pick because – Houston kind of hung in there with Baltimore for a while. Indy, honestly, they kind of held held in there with Jacksonville for a bit. They almost came back, believe it or not. Um, but I do have to take Indy. I did like what I saw from Anthony Richardson. He can obviously show you what he has with his legs. His arm was a lot better than what people expected. Um, tough game to pick from. And it's, basically, it's you know, <laughs> this game might be your um, – take the underlock because I don't see a lot of points getting put up in this one, but because Anthony Richardson has the advantage with his legs, I like what I saw from him. Give me the Colts one and a half. Uh, yeah, this is kind of a weird one because Texans looked better against the Ravens than we thought, but also the Colts looked better against the Jaguars than we thought. I thought that was going to be a blowout. That game was close for a little while. Um, and you mentioned it there just with the rushing and then everything else, the athleticism, the arm talent. I've just liked what I've seen from Anthony Richardson a little more since the draft, um, you know, offseason, preseason, and then their week one performances. So, yeah, I'll take the Colts here as well. One and a half, basically a pick em. Just going with Richardson over Stroud essentially here. Um, next game, we've got the San Francisco 49ers. Six and a half point favorites heading to Los Angeles to take on the Rams. Both these teams one and oh, Kev, who you got? I think the Vegas odd makers were a little drunk when they did this one because when I saw six and a half, I was just saying, say less because the 49ers absolutely dominated Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, just not what I expected. You know, I look really dumb for hopping on that Kenny Pickett bandwagon and, you know, believing in them and taking the Steelers to beat the the 49ers, and it just completely turned against me. Um, Brock Purdy looked really good. Brandon Ayuk is unbelievable. Um, McCaffrey had 150 yards, and that defense just kept getting three and outs and three and outs. And, you know, a lot of it is on the Steelers' offensive coordinator and Matt Canada. Terrible offensive coordinator. You ran the same play nine times in a row, buddy. Like, it's not that hard to figure out. But in this game in particular – 
You know, the Rams had a good, shocking week one victory over Seattle, like we just touched on a couple games ago. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think that San Francisco is going to get to Matt Stafford. They're going to have another big game, and I see San Francisco winning by at least 14 points. So give me the 49ers. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that was a great win for the Rams last week, kind of an unexpected one. But I don't think it's necessarily telling of how this Rams team is going to look all year. I don't think that's how they're going to come out and play every week. Whereas the 49ers going into Pittsburgh, as you mentioned, their super dominant performance with them, it is more of that's how I'm expecting the 49ers to be able to come out and play more consistently. Um, So I'm going to go with San Francisco here, six and a half, not too big of a line. Um, I don't even really see this one being like a one possession game. That's going to come down to it or anything like that, but I'm going to go with the 49ers there. All right. So up next, we've got the New York giants. At, uh, heading to Arizona, rather, to take on the Cardinals. Giants are the five-and-a-half-point favorites. Kev, who you got? So Arizona actually looked a lot better than what I think we'd all assume. Um, they actually almost pulled out that W against uh, Washington. And uh, or the Giants absolutely got blown out to the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and it was just that Dallas's defense and special teams was unreal. Um, but in a game like this, I still got to take the Giants, I think, Brian Dable will have this team ready for a bounce-back win. Arizona still wants to try and tank for Caleb Williams, so it would be really bad if the Giants couldn't cover this five-and-a-half. But, I mean, I told you last week I'm always going to go against Arizona, so give me the Giants. Yeah, um, I'm going to take the Giants here as well. Super embarrassing loss for them. 40 nothing at home against the Cowboys. Just you know, not how you want to start your season, but – Cardinals, I think they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league this year. They hung around. They gave the Commanders a game last week. Um, did ultimately lose. But, yeah, there's there's big, big problems with the Giants if they don't win this game. So I'm going to take them here. Uh, next game, we've got the Dallas Cowboys. Nine-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Jets. Kev, who you got? Um, so because it's nine-and-a-half, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take the Jets, man. I really like what I see from this Jets defense. I really like, you know, they had special teams, punt return, touchdown, the end the game. I think Brees Hall is a monster. Um, you know, when you have a good a number one defense in the league, I think we can all agree. After week one, Jets are the number one defense in the league. They have a really good running game, and as long as the quarterback which is sadly Zach Wilson and, you know, rest in peace to the Jets nation and their fans and the organization because you only got four snaps out of Aaron Rodgers. And it's just terrible because it's good for the Patriots and the AC East because you dominate Zach Wilson. But for the football sake of it, it sucks because I think the Jets would have won the East. I think nine and a half is too much. I think even nine or eight and a half is too much. I think that Dallas is getting too much credit for a beat up. Um, I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. I would definitely probably look to bet the under in this one, too, because it's not like Dak looked very good. So give me the Jets with the points. Um, yeah, I, I'm i going to take the Cowboys here. Um, I don't think this is going to be, you know, what we saw last week, and they're going to score 40 points and just run them right off the field immediately. Um, but I just don't think Zach Wilson is going to be able to do much of anything against that Cowboys defense. And Jets D is well-equipped to handle the Cowboys offense. Don't get me wrong, but I just think they'll be able to, you know, show some offense and put points on the board. Whereas legitimately, like, I don't, I don't see the Jets scoring more than 14 points. That would be like the max. I don't think they'll score more than 14 points. So it just comes down to, for me, do I think Dallas can top 24? And I do. So I'll take the Cowboys here. Um, Next game, we've got the Denver Broncos at home taking on the Washington Commanders. Broncos are the three-and-a-half-point favorites following their loss to the Raiders last week. Kev, who you got? So I am going with Washington. Um, I still think that Russell Wilson sucks, man. Like, you know, I understand they didn't have Jerry Judy, but I don't know. I just can't take Denver and feel confident about it. And, you know, Sam Howe didn't look too bad. I know it's versus Arizona, but Terry McClone is still banged up. I think that he'll be more healthy this week. I want to see more from Dotson. 
Brian Robinson looked pretty good when you have him with Antonio Gibson in their defense. I think it was, this is another one, man. It's going to be a little scoring game. Um, definitely would hammer the under in this one as well. But with the points, two teams that are question marks, I have to take the points and I have to take Washington. Um, I'm going to go with the Broncos here. Uh, I think this is going to be a really close game and I could definitely see this going either way. Usually in that instance, I would take the points uh, like you just did there, Kev. But uh, I, you know, I just don't really know enough about Sam Howell. Still, he looked solid against the Cardinals. And I know Russ was terrible last year, but he wasn't, you know, he was all right against the Raiders. And you just kind of feel like that Sean Payton, Russell Wilson thing has to start showing some signs of working at some point in this season. Commanders at home. This just to me feels like a game where that would happen. So I'm going to go with Denver minus three and a half. Russell Wilson um, completed 27 passes and threw for 177 yards. So yeah, I, I don't mean, even know. Better I than mean, last year. Like he was so bad last year. Uh, I don't know, man. I just, I just can't be confident on betting on Russell Wilson when he just – I don't know, man. Just, I'm not. I'm not even saying I'm confident. This is just a game no, no, I can no, see I it know. going either way, and I'm just kind of like, all right, they're at home, better coach, their quarterback should be better. It should be. Know. I'm just saying, like for me, man, it's just Russell Wilson. It's just like no, I get it. I get Mr. Cringed. Unlimited. I get cringed when I hear his name. Yeah, he's he's that kind of guy for sure. But uh, game that we will certainly be looking forward to the most: Sunday Night Football. I think it's the only one we're getting this year, unless uh, we get some flex action. But Patriots at home taking on the Miami Dolphins. Pats are the two-and-a-half-point home underdogs. Kev, who you got? So I'm still going to be loyal. I'm still going to take the Pats. Jonathan Jones being banged up is really concerning to me um, because he's been probably one of the, if not the only cornerback that has had good success against Tyreek Hill. You really need him to play on Sunday. You have, which we're going to get into the breakdown of things, offensive line question marks, all of that. But I'm going to stick with my faithful. I'm going to bring that hype in from week one, carry it over to this game, and take New England with the points. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do the same thing here. You know, we'll get into it all after this when we preview that game. But injuries are very worrying here. It looks like the Patriots might be even more banged up this week than last. But riding the momentum of a good week one performance, getting some points at home against a Miami team that I think has flaws. You know, I'm going to go with the Patriots, hopefully get this one done. Uh, This week, Kev, we got two Monday night football games. So I'll start us off with the first one here. We've got the New Orleans Saints uh, taking on the Carolina Panthers in Carolina. Saints are three point, uh, three and a half point favorites. Who you got? I think this one is a two and a half. Um, and I am going to roll with the New Orleans Saints, man. Their defense is really good. Talked about it last week, their car. You know, I think that's a good upgrade for them at quarterback, even though I do like Jameis Winston. Tough battle. They had a tough game against the Titans last week. They did pull off the W. Um, I like Carr there at New Orleans. They're just a team that they're not going to blow teams out, but they're going to just get the job done. I like the Saints and covering by a field goal. Uh, I'm going to take the Saints here as well. I like Derek Carr on that offense. I love that duo of him and Chris Olave. I think they could be uh, very good this season. Um, But I also just feel like kind of with this game, you know, Monday Night Football, there's some bright lights for a rookie quarterback, especially a guy who is fresh off of losing his NFL debut. Definitely going to help the home opener for the Panthers. Bryce Young not having to go on the road again as a rookie. Should be a big factor here, but uh, I'm just going to go with the Saints. Haven't really seen enough from Bryce or this Panthers team. They've kind of been thrown together this offseason. A lot of guys you know are good, but you haven't really seen them play together, play in Carolina. Guys, you know, Miles Sanders, Adam Thielen, names like that. Uh, I just don't really know what to make of them yet, so I'm going to go with the Saints. Next game, uh, the second Monday Night Football game, we've got Steelers at home taking on the Browns. Steelers are the one-and-a-half-point dogs at home. Browns got that big win over the Bengals last week. Steelers got blown out by the 49ers. Kev, what you got? This is a really hard game to pick from. Um, 
and this is probably going to be the last time I do this if I'm proven wrong. But I am taking Pittsburgh at home with the points. It's just something that it's hard for me not to do. I think Pittsburgh needs a real bounce back, even though that Cam Hayward is out for a couple weeks. I'm probably going to regret doing this because let me tell you, that dog pound looked really good. We talked about it last week that they have a really good roster with, you know, 52 guys. That's probably top of the league right there. Top three rosters. It's up to the quarterback and, the quarterback didn't do too bad of a job. I wouldn't say he did great, like people are saying, but like he did enough to, you know, come out of Cincinnati with a W. Um, need to see more from him this week. And it's going to be a good game. It's going to be one of those, it's just going to be those cold blooded pound the ball, Nick Chubb, and, you know, probably end up being Jalen Warren by the end of it. It's going to be going back and forth. So it's going to be a tough game, good game to watch. I had to take Pittsburgh at home with the points. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Browns here. Uh, I did see a stat going into last week's Monday night football game against just how good home underdogs are. So I did think about taking the Steelers, but I think that was a great performance from Cleveland last week. I feel like this is a good opportunity for them to build on that. And, um, I just don't think one and a half is enough points to really entice me to take the Steelers here. So Kev, with all those games wrapped up, uh, we can look ahead and we can get a little bit more into this Sunday night football matchup for the Patriots taking on the Dolphins. We've you know, been hinting at some injuries throughout the show, essentially what the Pats are looking at. Uh, you know, Jack Jones, Riley Reef, Tyquan Thornton already on IR. We were missing Cole Strange and Michael Nweno last week. Um, they've both been limited this entire week, just as last. So not really sure who could come back, could get both, could get one, could get neither. Um, and then Trent Brown, who was our left tackle week one, and City Sow, who was filling in at right guard, both came out of that game with concussions. They are most likely not going to play. And now Jonathan Jones has had an ankle injury turn up in the past few days. He was limited yesterday, didn't practice today. His status is up in the air as well as the potential return of Devontae Parker with his knee injury. So Kev, really, really banged up Patriots team. What do you think about this matchup? Is the John Jones injury the same one that held him out most of training camp? Was it the ankle? Because if it's that yeah, same ankle, so. then then that's concerning. You know, maybe I'm hoping because, you know, he was held out all training camp and that's a guy, honestly, that, like, you need to be on that field, especially in this matchup, that they're, you know, it's maintenance days. And we don't get to see that a lot. And obviously there's concerns about it. But, like, I'm hoping it's the maintenance. Hopefully John Jones plays because you don't have John Jones and it's going to be Marcus Jones on Tyreek Hill. And, you know, Marcus Jones held his own last year when we had matchups against Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins and Jamar Chase because he was covering those guys. So, you know, it's definitely concerning. The most important thing that's very concerning is the offensive line. Um, you know, like you touched on no Trent Brown, no City South because they're in the concussion protocol. So they're done. They're not going to play this week. As you were going to expect, probably Calvin Anderson to move to the left side who did a decent job. Um, on the right side last week, you need one of those guards back. Like, you need Onwenu or Strange. So that's going to be very important to get one of those guys back. Um, you know, Mac Jones looks good, though. The Dolphins' defense doesn't scare me as much as Philadelphia. And it's hopefully just containing Hill and Waddle and not letting Tua throw the ball all over you, which I don't expect to happen. But I expect a very good game and a close one, too, if we don't have, you know, the offense alignment. But I can already tell you now, I can't wait till we get our five offensive linemen back to see what this offense can actually do. Because then it's going to be a different story. But for now, it's going to be a close, hard battle game, man. Yeah, definitely looking forward to uh, seeing that starting unit all together and on the field. Didn't even really get to see that during training camp or any preseason, anything like that. Yeah, I mentioned it before. Um, I think the these injuries – are really a huge thing for us in this game. The guards especially, that's just going to affect our ability to run the ball. And, you know, interior pass rush was getting the best of us a lot against the Eagles because of the guards that we had in and the play of their defensive line. So very important things there. Um, I would say we touched on it earlier. Devontae Parker is really the guy I'd be looking to have a great game. Kev, you talked all about it. He wasn't playing because of that knee injury. We had to have Keishon Boutte in for a lot of important snaps as a result. He didn't necessarily look lost out there and, you know, terrible had to get pulled out of the game, but 
He ultimately didn't make the plays we needed him to make. It's only his first game of his career. It's fine that he's not ready, but he's not ready. So hoping we can see Devontae Parker return. If we do see that, you know, the connection between him and Mac Jones all offseason, especially on those deep balls, that's been Mac Jones' kind of big play threat this entire offseason, even going back a little bit to last year. So I think that is a huge element if we could get him back, add him in there with Bourne, who had a fantastic game last week, and those tight ends. Um, I think that could really kind of perk up our offense here. What's, uh, what's the Dan Shea score prediction for this week? I was uh, I was pretty good last week. I said 26-19, right, or 27-19. It was Something one of like those, that, yeah. 100%. So I was within a couple points. Um this week I will go hmm, – I'm going to go with Patriots 24, Dolphins 22. Whoa, we're like the uh, – I think last week you did have 19. You know, this yeah. week he's wrong with 22. I think last yeah. week I had it – I think last week I had it 27-24, and I think that – I said the Patriots are going to start off slow and then they're going to work their way back. And I think I did say the overreaction part of it um, in there as well. I see this game being like a like a 31-27 game. Wow. Right. I think the Pats can, you know, I think, like you said, Mac Jones having that connection with Devontae Parker with the deep ball. I think that's going to be very important. So, you know, that's going to be a good connection. So I think that they're going to be able to put up some touchdowns, hopefully. I think one thing that before wrapping this up that I didn't get to say that I had thought on my mind for the breakdown is that Miami's defense, their front seven, even though it was Austin Eckler, let up like 230 yards last week. So look for Stevenson and Zeke to get the ball more and look for them to, you know, have more yards. So that's the thing to watch out for this week as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, uh, if that'll do it, Kev, I think, think we can wrap this one up here thank you guys for listening uh we'll be back next week to talk about that dolphins game coming up and look ahead to our matchup with the jets week three as well as give you any other nfl news that may come up between now and then thank you guys for listening make sure to tune in next week